Chapter 85 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 85 Terrible Battle Fought. Dr. Juno shot and lost. At last, the hour had arrived for the critical conflict to begin, and it did begin with terrible fury, in the southern portion of Ohio, through Indiana and Kentucky, until the Ohio River was dyed crimson with the gore of human beings. At first, the conspirators' army dashed into the field as though they were going to fairly swallow up the naturalists, but the brave heroes did not fear them very much. At least, the manner in which they repulsed the right wing of the conspirators' army proved that they were prepared and ready for the fray. This flank movement of the naturalists fairly routed and ruined the conspirators, and in their flight they were shot and cut down like chaff. However, the conspirators were very heavily reinforced, when they made a stand which caused a considerable commotion against the naturalists, whose time for a repulse came in turn and they were driven back in good order for ten miles, but only seven hundred prisoners were taken by the conspirators. And what seemed very peculiar was that only about two thousand naturalists were killed and wounded, whilst over sixty thousand conspirators were crippled and slaughtered. The latter seemed to fire too high, whether this was owing to drunkenness or mismanagement of the officers was not known. Still they made a poor impression on the sober naturalists. When the report spread that the latter were driven north into Ohio, a new uprising and influx of naturalists took place, when the conspirators were again routed and were driven, bloody and worn out, through the Ohio River in double-quick, many having been taken prisoners. Many were drowned who ran into the river, and finding it too deep to wade, and could not swim, sank to rise no more. These scenes were heart-rending and revolting. It was Dr. Juno's black flag proclamation that caused the enemy to risk their lives in the river, rather than be taken prisoners, to be summarily shot down like dogs. When the army of the naturalists reached the Ohio River and found that the enemy was demoralized, Dr. Juno ordered his men to pursue them, whilst he was at the head of a brigade, dashing forward like infuriated demons. Those who could swim he ordered to wade and swim whilst his immense cavalry force swam their horses, and the ammunition was carried across the water on flat boats, pontoons and over the old bridge, which the conspirators had not time to disturb. Now the climax of carnage and horror approached. Both armies were heavily reinforced from every available point, and in Kentucky the next to the last and worst battle was fought. Dr. Juno kept pursuing the enemy until he could go no further on account of the conspirators having received immense new supplies of men, who fought like envenomed veterans. And the naturalists on the northern side, where Dr. Juno's division was so fiercely pursuing the conspirators, were repulsed furiously, and quite a great many naturalists fell dead and wounded. They did not run, but fought until they reached the Ohio River again, when Dr. Juno was riddled with bullets and the balance of his army had to surrender. Over thirty thousand prisoners were taken, Dr. Juno included. But at the same time, 
the army of naturalists under General Gossamer, from Indiana, were pressing vehemently upon the left wing of the entire conspirators' forces, whilst General Armington had an immense fresh army marching from the east upon the right wing of the enemy. Under these circumstances the conspirators had no chance to either shoot or guard their prisoners, who were immediately rescued and again joined their own army, when the conspirators were making tracks for their fortifications in the southwestern portion of Kentucky, where they were pursued and reinforced. Thus ended that terrific battle. But neither army had many prisoners, except the wounded, who were kindly treated by both parties until such time when the black flag was swung over those who refused to take their respective oath of allegiance. One thing must be said to the credit of the conspirators that they rescinded their order or permission of retaliation, and each naturalist prisoner had to be tried by court-martial before he could be punished. Their own people all over the Union demanded this in respect to their old customs and usages. However, there were other things pressing down against advocating or pursuing the course that Dr. Juno instituted. First, they found it too dangerous for their hired and demoralized army to be allowed to shoot prisoners in retaliation and second, their entire community could not bear to let their army do what all of them so severely denounced as barbarous and uncivilized. It was this very cry against Dr. Juno's black flag conduct that united the orthodox people. Had it not been for this cruel course, which Dr. Juno inaugurated and carried out, not one-half the people that did unite themselves in active warfare would have taken any interest or part in this war. Dr. Juno knew all these things in advance, and he also was aware that the conflict would be much more severe by the course he adopted than it would have been had he followed the old usages. Still, his way proved to have been, after all, the wisest, most charitable, and practical. Dr. Juno could not be found by the naturalists, but by mere chance a brother saw the conspirators carry him alive from the field dangerously wounded, which the naturalist kept quiet but this fact caused an immense stir amongst his people. End of chapter 85